0: Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word. This week, we continue our year-long study into revival by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. If you have your Bibles, you're going to be turning to John, the Gospel of John.
1: Gospel of John, Chapter 1. We're in the study of living the kingdom life in a fallen world, and I'm really excited about today because we get to turn towards Jesus, and Jesus is who we get to brag on today, and that's wonderful. We've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. We talked about that the kingdom of heaven is where God lives and everything's perfect, and there's the kingdom of the world that God built, and he built it perfectly, but what happened is man faltered and failed and sinned, and he lost dominion and gave it over to the enemy, and it's a fallen, sinful world. But God's not given up on the kingdom of the world, but he promises that the kingdom of heaven would invade the kingdom of the world. It would invade the kingdom of the world and begin to transform it gradually, moment by moment, transforming that kingdom of the world until finally and ultimately, in the culmination of time, Jesus will come again, that second coming, and he'll make all things right, and he'll have a millennial reign, and he'll rule over this world, and he'll make it all right and wonderful. So we know that the kingdom of heaven is going to invade this world. Well, how does that happen? We saw last week that it says it's going to happen through someone who is of the seed of Eve. You remember that? That, that means he told the old enemy, he says, I'm going to defeat you, and I'm going to, to have enmity against you, and I'm going to use the seed of man to be the one who's going to defeat you. So it says it's going to be the seed of Eve, and it's going to be a man, not God. God could do it easily, but man is going to be the one who defeats the enemy, he goes on and says to Abraham, said, it's going to be out of your seed that, that I'm going to have this victory. And that Abraham was the father of two nations. He was the father of the Arabs as well as the Israelites. And it says, out of your seed, Abraham, this chosen people, I am going to win the victory. And then he goes on and it said in Numbers chapter twenty-four, seventeen, it said, and the star shall rise from Jacob, and the scepter will be in Israel's hand. So it specified that out of Abraham's lineage, it was not going to be the Arab nation, but rather the Jewish nation. Out of the lineage of Jacob and Israel, it, that, the, that the Redeemer would come and the victory would be won. Wow. And, and then it, later he tells David, he says, David... This one who's going to be the one who ushers in the kingdom of heaven and introduces the kingdom of heaven, he's going to come from your lineage, and he is going to sit on the throne forever. Out of you, David, is going to come one who's going to redeem the world and will be king of kings and lord of lords. And then he eventually, through John the Baptist, revealed that there would be one who would come who would be the lamb of God. The Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb of God, who would actually be qualified to take away the sin of the world. So when you find all those things that prophecy said, prophecy said it's going to be a man, it's going to be a lineage of Abraham, it's going to be of Jacob, it's going to be of David, it's going to be the, he's going to be the Lamb of God. Who is this introducing? Who are all those prophets introducing along with so many other prophecies it's none other than Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no one else who can fit that bill. There's no one else who can do that. It describes Jesus, Lord of lords and king of kings. So the invading of this old sinful world by the kingdom of heaven is coming through a man, and that man is Jesus. Jesus, when Jesus comes into the world, that is the first invasion of the kingdom of the world by the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus came here to make a difference, to turn the world upside down, to redeem and to win the world and to win it back and to be in charge of that. He came to reveal so many different things. One thing he came to reveal, he came to reveal what God was like. We didn't know what God was like. In all those times, there was a misunderstanding of who God was and what God desired. But Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For what I'm like is what the Father is like. And if you want to know what God Almighty's like, just read about Jesus and find out about Jesus, because He came to reveal what God was like. You know, He also came to reveal what man was supposed to be like. He's called the Second Adam. He's the one who is going to be what Adam was supposed to be before he sinned." And when you see Jesus and he walks on this earth, he reveals what we're supposed to be like. What man was supposed to be like before sin entered into the heart of man. He reveals what man is to be like. He, he also reveals the, the love of God. He reveals the love of God and how much God loves us. He reveals what the kingdom of heaven is like, And he reveals the redemptive plan of God whereby this old kingdom of the world will be transformed by the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus came to do. And he did all of those things. That's why when Jesus, in John's gospel, John talks about Jesus. That's why he always tells what Jesus said about himself with the great I am statements. You remember the I am statements? Listen to these I Am statements. It tells you what Jesus came to do and to be in this world. I am the light of the world to a dark world. So a world is full of darkness, but Jesus is the light. I am the bread of life to the hungry, famished traveler. I am the way to those who have lost it. I am the truth. To those who have been deceived, I am the life to those dying souls. I am the gate to those seeking shelter. I'm the good shepherd to those needing care and guidance. I am the resurrection to those who are dead in sin. What Jesus says in those I am statements, he says, heaven has come. Heaven has come and has entered into this world and the redemptive plan of God and the winning back of this old lost world is happening and I've come to do and to be everything you need. Whatever you need, Jesus is sufficient. Amen. Whatever you need today, Jesus is sufficient. I know the old enemy is going to tell you, No, there's nobody who cares, and God can't do it, and nobody can measure up. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is here to meet every need you have. The only thing you have to do is give it to him, amen? Whenever you get tired of carrying it, and you get tired and weary of trying to work it out, if you'll just surrender it over, I promise you, in the Word of God, he said, he is everything that you need. And what he wants to do is invade your life, invade your heart, invade your family. Invade your world, not just the whole world, invade your world with his love, his redemption, his power, and the kingdom of heaven. That's what he is here to do. Well, if you want to find out about Jesus and what he came to do, where do you read in the Bible? This is a good thing for you to learn. Where do you go to read the Bible all about Jesus? You go to the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They tell us the story of Jesus and what Jesus did and what he came to do and all the things he accomplished. So what I want to do is I want to look at the gospel of John. And John, who was this closest disciple he was, the beloved disciple, the one who was the closest friend of Jesus, I want to hear what he says to us about Jesus and how he introduces Jesus to us. And some very important things that he's going to say just here in chapter 1. Of the Gospel of John. You have your Bibles there. Let's see what John says about Jesus, the one who is invading this world. This is what it says, verse 1. In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word. Now look in your Bibles and notice that word word is capitalized. You see that? It's capitalized because it's not talking about a word you speak, it's talking about Jesus is the Word. He is the Word. In the Hebrew, letter to the Hebrews, it says that he is the final word. He is the ultimate word. It's not the word of a prophet. It's the word of the Son of God. Now, if you're sitting back and you're trying to make a deal with God, you're saying, well, now, God, if you'll give me this or if you'll show me that or if you'll work this way, then I will believe in you. You're wasting your time, all right? He has given you the ultimate word of God in his Son. There is nothing better that can be given and nothing more, it says, that must be given for you to have everything you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be redeemed. He is the ultimate word. So John says right here, in the beginning was the word, and the word, Jesus, was with God. Hold on a second. And the word, what does it say? Was God. Who is this Jesus? This Jesus is none other than God himself. You understand that? He's not a creation of God. He's not something that was birthed by God. He's not a son that was procreated by God. He is God. We believe in the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God introduces himself as one. He is one God revealed in three distinct persons. Now, if you say that you fully understand that mystery, I don't think so. (laughs) That's beyond us being able to grasp and understand. But I'm here to tell you, we serve one God who reveals himself in three distinct persons. But Jesus is God. He is not subordinate to God the Father. He is God. It says... That he is with God and that the Word was God. Notice what? And he was in the beginning with God. That means before God ever did anything. Remember we said that God created the kingdom of the world. He created heaven. There was All there was at one time was God. And then he created the kingdom of heaven where he dwells, kingdom of the world. He created all things, all the heavenly hosts. He created everything. But at the beginning, before any creation was done, before the creation of heaven, creation of earth, creation of anything, there was Jesus, the word of God, with him. He is the eternal God. you understand that? You've got to get in your heart and your mind that Jesus is eternal God, nothing less than eternal God. You say, well, how do we know that Jesus is God? Well, Jesus proclaimed himself as God. He proclaimed himself as God. If Jesus is truthful and he says he's God and he never lies, that means he's God. Amen? Y'all got that? That's a little early for y'all to put that mathematical equation together. If he cannot lie and he says he's God, then he must be God if he's God and not lying, right? Exactly. You see, when he said he said to the Jews on a number of occasions that I and the Father are one. Now, he's not talking about one in purpose. That's what Jehovah's Witness will tell you. <laughs> that's one in purpose, one blend. No. He means I and the Father are one. We are the same. Now, how do you know that's what he meant? Because the Jews, who were always fearful of anybody making himself out to be God and competing with God, Jehovah, they took up stones to stone him because he made himself out to be God, they're sitting there. They're listening. They're knowing what he's saying. They understand exactly the language, and they know that Jesus is saying, "I am God," and that's why they're going to stone him. Well, when they picked up the stones, what happened? He walked right through their midst. God's protecting him. Isn't that great to know? I want to tell you something. Tell you about the cross. The only way that he died on the cross is because he's willing to die on the cross because when they wanted to stone him and it wasn't time, he just walked right through the middle of them, amen? He only died on the cross because it was time for him to die and there was a purpose in that death. And Jesus is God. He was in the beginning with God. That's not all, though. Notice what it says. All things came into being by him. Listen, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In other words, all things came into What is the one quality about God that you said makes some God? Well, if there's one distinct quality that makes some something and someone God is the ability to create, right? To bring something out of nothing. Our God is a creating God. He's a creator God. But notice what it says right here. It says, that in the creation, verse 3, all things came into being, all things were created by him. By who? The word of God. By Jesus. Jesus is there in creation. Jesus is the word that is spoken whereby the worlds came into being. And, the, and all the things of the world became a part of it from day and night and animal life and all the things. Jesus was the word that spoke that. And apart from him, it says, nothing that is being, nothing that is here has ever come into existence except through Jesus. So it lets us know that John says this one Jesus is God. He's the creator God. He's the holy God. He's the one God. And he's the ultimate word of God. This is who Jesus is that he introduces to us. But notice what happens down in verse 10. Look what it says. It says, he was in the world. This Jesus came to the world. And the world was made through him. All right, we already established that. He came into the world. And the world was made through him. But notice what happens at the very last phrase there. And the world did not know him. Wait a minute. This is the creator God. This is the one who has been before time. This is the one who set into motion all that there is. This is God Almighty. And he made this world. But the world does not know him. Something has happened. Something has happened to make it distinctly different than whenever it was in the garden and Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 before we come to Genesis chapter 3 where the fall of man happened. What happened in the garden in Genesis 1 and 2? You know what it says it happened? It says that God would come and walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. That they had walk in that relationship and fellowship one with the other and, and that they were one because they were perfect just like God was perfect before sin entered into the world. And they knew God, and God knew them, and there was perfect fellowship with God. But something happened. It happened there in Genesis 3, whenever they faltered and fell and sinned, and sin entered into the world. And when sin entered into the world, all kinds of things happened in the life of man. He became fearful. Remember when he heard God walk in the garden, what did he do? He ran and hid himself from God. He had sin in his life for the very first time, and and that sin, it says, carries on throughout the seed of Abraham. So that whenever Jesus comes, who is the God of this world and the one who made this world, the world did not know him. They didn't know Jesus, God Almighty. Because why? Because sin had so marred their life, so blinded their eyes. That the world could not see who he was, they did not understand who he was because that's what sin does. It, it even tells us this in verse eleven. He came to his own. Well, who is on? We already seen that last week. What was it? He's going to be a Jew. <laughs> He's going to be of the seed of Abraham. He's going to be of the lineage of David. Surely the Jewish people, surely those people of the household of David, they would accept him as being the Savior. They would accept him as being Redeemer. They would accept him as being God. Nope, they rejected him as well. And they're there calling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him on the day of his crucifixion because even though he was a Jew, even though he's of the household of David, even though He was everything God had promised that he would have to be to be that qualified redeemer. They did not receive him. They did not receive him. Now, why? Go back up to verse number 4, and it will tell you why. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Listen now. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it or overwhelm it. You know, it says about this word of God, tells about Jesus. Jesus comes into a dark world. Why is it dark? Because of sin. Because the kingdom of the world has fallen. It's fallen away from the perfect will of God and the ways of God. It's fallen away And it's a kingdom of darkness instead of a kingdom of life. It's a kingdom of death instead of a kingdom of life. It it is all things opposite of what God had created to be because of what happened in the garden and how sin had brought that forth throughout the years. And sin, sin controlled the world. Right in the midst of that sinful, ungodly world, God sends the Word. He sends His Son. He sends light. He sends life. And He sends in that baby of Bethlehem, He sends the invasion of the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of the world. See, Jesus is the best there is in the kingdom of heaven. And when God wants to send to the world... A gift from the kingdom of heaven, he sends the best he has, and that is his son. That's his son. And so he comes here, the word of God, shining light and life and giving everything to a world that does not know him, to a people, even though they're his people, who will not recognize him. Look what happens in verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory glory as of the only begotten from the father full of grace and truth do you know how much god cares about the kingdom of the world do you know how much god cares about you he sent his son the perfect son of god who dwelt in the perfect heaven who received all the praise and glory of god from all eternity he sent him to take flesh to live among us so that we might come to understand God and understand redemption and that He might eventually die on a cross to pay the price for our sin. John says, This is the Word, this is, this is how the kingdom's going to be transformed through this one, Jesus. Well, at the very end of, of chapter one, a number of things have happened at that time. He, he's baptized by John. And then his disciples of John say, John said, the one that you baptized, he's baptizing others. And John makes that statement, he must increase, I must decrease, all those things. And, and then Jesus goes, and, and one of the first things he does, he begins his ministry, he calls his first disciples. Remember, he calls those disciples? And when he calls those disciples, one of those disciples, once he, he called him, he went and found his brother. Philip found his brother, Nathaniel. You remember that story? Philip goes and tells Nathaniel. He says, I want to tell you something. He said, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ, and you need to come and see him. It is Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> Nathaniel, remember what Nathaniel said? He said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth. Now, you know why he said that? Because they were rival cities. Kind of like whenever there's a rivalry in football. You know what I'm talking about? You know, ain't nothing good over there. Well, I don't like them at all. And, and they, they, were, they, were, they were rival, rival cities and rivalry to each other. And he said, can anything good thing come out of Nazareth? About that time, Jesus shows up. And Jesus, he says this. He says, "Nathaniel." He said, you're a a Jew without guile in your heart. And he he said, I saw you while you were under the fig tree. And Nathaniel backs up and says, you saw me under the fig tree. And his heart was touched. And he says, truly you are the Christ. Truly you are the the Son of God. Truly you are that one. And his heart is changed towards Jesus. This is what I want you to hear. Jesus says this to him. He says, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. Listen now, verse 51. This is how he closes that first chapter. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You know what he's saying? You ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) If you're impressed because I knew you were on the fig tree, you got a lot to learn. Because what you're going to see when you walk with me, hold on a second, what you're going to see with me when you walk with me these three years, you're going to see the heavens opened up. You're going to see the kingdom of heaven come to this world. You're going to see angels ascending and descending their ministering service to carry about the work and the purpose for why I am here. You're going to see things beyond what you can ever imagine because the kingdom of heaven has come to this world. (laughs) And if old Nathaniel were here today, I guarantee you he'd say that was hallelujah, that was a truth. (laughs) Because, I mean, the very next thing, he's going to turn water into wine. Amen? He's going to call dead people back to life. He's going to heal those who are hurting. He's going to do all of those things and and more. And all that time, Nathaniel says, boy, I see the kingdom of heaven open up. I see the kingdom of heaven coming. I see the angels working because he is here to redeem this lost world. Final thing, will be finished. Go back to verses 12 and 13. 12 and 13, Jesus says this, and this is a personal word to you and me. John writes, but as many as received him. In other words, he said, the, world's, the world doesn't know him. <laughs> and his own people don't accept him. But as many as receive him, whoever you are, to them he gives the right to become children of God. When you become children of God, you are birthed into the kingdom of heaven. You're not of the kingdom of the world anymore. You got it? When you become a child of God, you, your citizenship is in heaven far more than it is in this world. And you have the right to become a child of God when you believe in him, listen, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Now, listen, we were not born of blood. You're not a part of the kingdom of heaven because you were birthed in this world, nor of the will of the flesh. You're not a part of the kingdom of heaven because you will it so, nor of the will of man. Somebody else can't decide that for you. But you are birthed by the hand of Of Almighty God. For He gives you the right to become a child of God. Now the exciting thing is that we finally, in talking about this kingdom of the world, we finally get to talk about the one who brings about the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of the world. That's Jesus. Amen. And the rest of the gospels are just going to tell you how he's going to invade this world with the kingdom of heaven. And and the rest of the word of God will tell you how the kingdom of heaven is going to grow and grow and the culmination of all of that. But the most important thing today is, are you a part of the kingdom of heaven? Are you a part of the kingdom of heaven? Have you believed in him? Have you put your faith and trust In the Lord Jesus Christ, do you accept him as the word of God, the eternal son of God, the savior of the world, the Lord of lords and king of kings? Do you accept him? For if you will believe in him, he gives you the right to be birthed in the kingdom of heaven to become a child of God. And if you've never done that, you need to do that today. You'd accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you'd surrender your life to him. You'd say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross to pay the price for my sin. I can't pay it for myself. No one else can pay it for me. You're the only one who's the perfect lamb of God. You're the only one who's qualified. You're the only one, but you are willing to do that, and I believe it, and I accept it, and I want to be changed by you. <laughs> and I'll tell you something, friend. No matter how dark this old world gets, and it can get dark sometimes, amen? No matter how dark this old world gets, the light and the life of Christ still shines in us. That's why we can come in the midst of a pandemic, amen, and we can still sing hallelujah to Jesus because he's on the throne. That's the reason that we can have peace in our heart because we know that ultimately what, we, what matters most is we're going to heaven, not things of this world. And we can have the peace of God because it's a gift from God whenever you become a child of God. Now, if you've ever given your heart to Christ, today is the day. Not tomorrow. I'm here to tell you, my friends, over this past week or so, we've had so many deaths. Two, three funerals yesterday. So many deaths of young and older. It it just reminds us. Listen, it reminds us you are not guaranteed except this breath. So if this breath is your last breath... Do you know Jesus? Don't wait. Don't wait. Give your heart to Christ today.
0: That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon dash series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.